0: What a joy it is today to be in God's house. And if you're here as a visitor, we want you to know uh, we, this church needs you. And, uh, and we, we want you to leave this place. And, and you have friends that aren't anywhere in church this morning. And as we've been studying the past uh, several months about uh, the interest of people involved in church, only 17% of American people in the United States attend any church on a given Sunday morning. And so there's enough people to go around. Uh, there's enough people uh, in this community to pack the churches, and the churches have to go to two and three services in order to take care of everybody. If everybody just had a desire to go to church, how many of you started out with a real desire one time and you lost that desire? Just me? Two. All right, thank you for your honesty. Uh, how many want a desire uh, to take place that uh, has never happened before? Just me? I thought joy, joy. Thank you, joy. You might you took the embarrassment out of this question. Well, the joy of, of having a, a desire is this: you're going to dream, and and you know we're hearing about dreaming on Fox News, and there's people that's dreaming that they can become a citizen of the United States. And if I wasn't a member of the United States, or if I wasn't uh, 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 didn't belong to the United States, that would be a dream too. But I like what I said just a few days ago. He said, well, we're dreamers too, and this is our home. Aren't you glad you can live in America and still dream? Aren't you glad you're married and you can still dream? Oh, come on. I'm going to have to get this dog out of the pen for you to keep treating me this way. It's a joy. It's a joy to live in America today. It's a joy to have a church on every street corner. If you like loud singing, you can come here. If you like toe-tapping and clapping your hands, you can come here. If you like to be real silent, you can go there. But we're just glad you're here, and we want you to keep coming here. And uh, I have a, a couple of things I want to share with you before we start the message this morning. Uh, every week is very unique and uh, to me and the ministry, and, and I love it that way. I don't ever want my... Life to be like a can of green beans what happens when you open a can of green beans and take the lid off it's green beans isn't it what if what if tomorrow you take a lid off of green beans and you look at it and you say it's still green beans I don't ever want to be like green beans I, I like to stay on the cutting edge I like for tomorrow to be different than it was last Monday and I like to see things in the week that I've never seen before and a couple of things happened, and I want to say this to all of our people that have worked uh, 18 or 20 years with the uh, rib dinner uh, service that we have here on the third Friday night of 11 months out of the 12, I was called to uh, uh Tuesday to meet a family that, who had had a death and the family, and they wanted me to uh, bring the message and take care of the service, so I went over to meet them. And in my 45 minutes of talking and getting acquainted with a family that i would never met before in person, I asked them if there was any church connection. And this was their response. Pastor, the only church connection that we have is for the rib dinners you do every third Friday night. I want you to know... You may get a little weary in serving ribs, but you're making the connection. And there's people that never heard of Orville White, but they've heard of ribs, and that's okay. Ever what it takes to get them here, that's okay. The other situation that happened, and in fact, I have two more ones here. The other thing that happened for the first time in 52 years of marriage, or I'm sorry, 58 of there. I'm going to the ministry. We've been involved in ministry for 52 years i walked in the hospital room this past week and the gentleman uh, who was in bed needed to be transferred he has some major issues and he needed to be transferred and there's not a ho- not a hospital all week in oklahoma city that has one empty bed in fact two weeks before they had to metaflight a, a, a patient to amarillo because that was the closest uh, hospital with a bed because of the flu epidemic and the, the thing that it's become so outrageous but uh I walked up to the bedside of this gentleman and he said uh, uh, let's agree today that I'm going to get moved to Oklahoma City I need I need this taken care of my my adjustment made uh, and he said can I pray And I said certainly and so I took him by the hand and he began a prayer like this he said or uh, Lord I just want you to bless uh, Orville today and and, you know, he travels a lot of miles. And I just want to ask for Angel of Protection to be around my pastor friend in his journey as he helps people like me. And then he said, Lord, Orville and I are in agreement today. I'm going to get a bed in Oklahoma City, and they're going to move us. Amen. And, and I looked him in the eye, and I said, we're locked into to that agreement. We're believing before the sun sets you're going to get to move. The the phone rings about 430, and he called the church office, and Carolyn took the phone. And he said, would would you tell a uh, pastor, I, I'm leaving here in about an hour. I'm moving to Oklahoma City. I, I, there was just something about that. You know, in 52 years of visiting hospitals, several hospitals a week, never before had I had a patient. So, uh, even though you can tell by looking at me, I need a lot of prayer. <laughs> He's the first one that ever had the nerve to say, can I pray for you? I said, you better believe it. Load it on. One, one other story, and then we're going to look to the message this morning. There's a young man that uh, hooked his toe. He's been part of our youth growing up, and uh, I've I've had a lot of uh, feeling for this young man. Uh, uh, He lost his mom. In fact, he was an adopted boy. He lost his mom. I did a funeral less than three years ago for his mother, and his dad is a cross-country truck driver, and he's not around much. But uh, this young man made a mistake, and so uh, he got uh, some time for it. And I got a call from... uh, his dad and uh and uh he was crying because boy was his son was supposed to spend the time that he had in Dewey County Jail and the dad called me and he was crying like a baby and he said Orville and he told me who he was he said they're moving my son to Lexington uh or they've already moved him and he said I don't know why but he said I, I just need to unload and and would you pray and I said certainly so we had a word of prayer and uh then my mind began to go t- back to the days of lexington when uh, that's where we had to go to visit our son during one of it, one of three car- incarcerations and uh, i never forget uh, uh uh the loneliness as you would leave for, uh with the three kids in the back seat and they were staring out the window trying to put it all together well um friday he calls and he says orwell he said my son is being released but he said i'm in one of the northern states and he said i I have nobody that can go and pick my son up and they're going to release him uh this coming tuesday uh would you be available to go to lexington and pick him up and i said without a doubt my heart was leaping with joy i was getting to make one more trip to lexington and it was my behalf uh jared re- didn't realize or i, d- I hadn't told him I'd- i had a doctor's appointment on tuesday i was just overjoyed in the fact that i was going to get to drive down to lexington and pick up this young man and and have a couple hours to visit with him on the way home and uh jared immediately says would you let me make that trip i said well certainly and when i get home i look on the calendar Sherry already has me marked off for tuesday with a doctor's appointment so little did he know that he had become a blessing to step in where i was where i couldn't step in so i say all that to say this uh and the boy left here he was he had the clothes on his back i put a hundred dollar bill in jared's pocket and i said this to him this morning as i was listening to the teaching about the prodigal son and the stirring was taking place in my heart about the lost son uh and the lord touched my heart and uh so after the class, I handed Jared the $100 bill, and I said, on the way home, I want you to stop in Oklahoma City, and I want you to invest in some clothes for this young man that's coming home. And then we're going to pray. In fact, we're going to have a word of prayer before I preach this morning, and I want you to join with me. There's already a family in the church that's already said, would you let us know when he's coming? We want to be there to help him. You can help this boy, uh, some, before you leave, I don't care if it's a dollar, $2, would you just slip at the cash in Jared's hand? And, and he's a good investor. The, the most he'll spend is uh, $12.50 at Ted's as he goes by. But, that, but that's, that's all legal. That's okay. That's all, all legal. I know he'll get even with me. That's okay. That's okay. He's the best thing that's happened since Jesus and Sherry came into my life. But we're going to pray right now, and I'm not going to call a young man's name, but possibly he'll be in the service next Sunday. He will not be staring uh, through those bars uh, from the wrong side. Would you join me today, not only for this young man, but we have a community full of people, and, and I want to join with Jared. Your loyalty and rib dinners helps support what we do for the kids in this community and you say well you know that's a pretty good stretch you know that's a you know some of these kids don't go to church their parents don't go here and you're expecting us to underwrite here's how God works it out just one way one way this facility was built without one bar dollar it was paid for as it was built and we never owed a dime on it we outgrew the 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 uh, upstairs to chapel where we had youth and we began to look for a youth chapel and the friends where the friends church is located that came to us as a contribution because they saw you and the difference you were making in this community and even the school superintendent once or twice a year puts his arm around my shoulder and he says I want to thank you and your church you're making our job easier I want you to bow for prayer Father we're nothing without you we're just a handful of dirt but I just thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Lord, and the compassion you had on us. And while we were yet unlovable, we were prodigals also. And I just pray, Lord, may the energy of the Holy Spirit energize us today. That you're not looking for people, Lord, today that are qualified or you would, all, you would overlook me but you're looking for people that will make themselves available to step to the front and make a difference in somebody else's life. Lord, we just give praise and honor to you this morning for the great things you've done and the great things you have in store. In Jesus' name we we pray, and everybody said a great big Amen. 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 Tony Evans is one of my heroes, he's one of the greatest speakers, and we're going to be hearing about him in the weeks to come through the teaching that we're having here. So uh, this is a borderline story, but because it came from Tony Evans' illustration, book of illustrations, I'm going to share it with you. Would you let me do that, everybody? Well, let me do this, say amen. amen. A little bird was flying south for the winter, but the air was cold, and, and he couldn't get to the warm climate before it began to freeze. It collapsed, the bird collapsed under the weight of cold weather in a large field. A cow came by and dropped some manure on that freezing bird. At first, of course, the bird was upset like you and I would be until the bird felt the warmth of the manure that he was buried in. So the bird began to thaw out and under the manure that the cow had left behind. In fact, the bird got so excited, he just started to sing at the joy of being thawed out underneath the manure a cat passed by and heard the sound of singing and he followed the sound to the pile of manure. He started digging through that manure to get to the song and he discovered it was a bird and he ate the bird. Now there's a number of stories that we could draw from this illustration this morning. The first lesson is not everyone who drops manure on you is your enemy. Second, Not everybody who digs you out of manure is your friend. (laughs) And finally, when you're in manure, just keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Moving on to the message. (laughs) Tony Evans gets a blame for three of you that are really staring me down today. It's okay. Tony's one of the best speakers in all the world, and, and he's doing a great job. I love my church today. It would probably be running a thousand if it wasn 't for me, but i 'm going to thank you for your tolerance of high, high tolerance of pain and the prayers that you 've offered to Sherry and I during forty years of servanthood here at the church we 've had a time of our life We're, we, we may be showing some age i know i 'm needing a shingle job part of the shingles on the back of my head are a little uh, well, they're just kind of wore out, but but I'm feeling like 16 years old on the inside. I've got a lot of strength and a whole lot of ambition, and i tell you, I'm as mischievous as I was when I was 16 years of age, so beware. <laughs> We're talking about the love of the church this morning. This is our week two. I'm going to say this. Jared will be bringing week three, and we'll, we'll finish this series possibly with... Uh, of uh, message number four in the series I love my church everybody say this again with me I love my church say it again I love my church if you can't say it now you'll say it tonight after you've ate that uh, filet mignon you'll say I love this place <laughs> and you'll have something to show for it when you go home as we look at the church this morning uh, I'm going to talk about something that I, I had Todd to put together for me uh, most of you know and if you driven by my place I have Uh, fences around my backyard and then I have a fence so you can't see my backyard there's reasons for that uh there's reasons why uh we keep the front yards groomed real well we have an underground sprinkler system we buy a lot of fertilizer we've got two lawn mowers one is a push job I'm always assigned to that while Todd rides a riding mower and that's that's just the way it goes and we're not going to change the operation Behind the fence, though, are some things that uh, uh, nobody sees except uh, probably my family. And as we talk about fences, there's short fences, there's tall fences, there's transparent fences, and then, then there's walls that you can't see uh, over, and then there's walls like that's about to be built down the south edge of Texas. And that's going to be a beautiful wall. In case that fence, uh, what, what is what is the design and what is the reason for that fence? Let me answer that. To keep some things in and to keep some things out. I never grew up with fences around the parsonage. In fact, we only inhabited the parsonage about three to five years. But I've seen a few beautiful fences as I drive across America. I've seen front yards that were they were groomed they were pristine they were manicured flowers growing and and the backyard was full of, of of something I knew of but there was a fence so it kept me from seeing what was really in the backyard but if it was similar to mine it would be something like this do you have it on the overhead if not could we have it beware of the dog we have two dogs in the backyard. One of them we inherited. He's about 15 years old. He's a golden lab. His name is Ozzie. He's kind of like me. He's a little slow about getting there, but he holds his own. Then we have a German Shepherd dog, and her name is Zoe. And she's king of the roost, and, and instead of getting a hold of your pant leg when, she, when I go out the back door, she's angry because I hadn't been there the day before. And so she grabs this green ball, and she makes a real show of it, and she wants me to know that she can do the same thing to my leg that she's doing to that ball. In fact, she's proven it before. They're, they're not looking at me because they're mad at me. I haven't been in the backyard for two days. And you don't think dogs can count? Well, let me just ask you this. They probably know how you smell, and they're waiting for you to return. The German shepherd is never happy because his master left. And each evening, our son, against our will, opens the back door, and she stands about this tall. We don't have any pets in the house. That's just the way we want it. I know we're, we're narrow-minded, and I, it's okay if you have ten dogs. We just don't want any dogs in the White House because I'd probably have to do the vacuuming. <laughs> zoe will make the pass through the house she looked she's looking for a gentleman that uh, that graduated from high school last year and jonah when he graduated let me tell you he graduated he doesn't even eat off of our table once or twice a year but zoe has never forgot her master and she'll go through that house she goes up to his bedroom where she knows that he sp- he spent most of his life and then she comes back down and she just sits and she pouts and this is how she pouts and then she runs to the door. She's ready to leave the house. She knows that, that, that Jonah's not around, and Jonah's the master. So she has a way of talking to us. If you don't believe me, if you don't get the point, she's got these real sharp teeth, and she knows how to get to the point. What else is in the backyard? Could we see what else is in my backyard? In case you don't know, you need to watch your step when you get to the backyard i'm telling you think i had a herd of cows in the backyard and and if you ever come to my yard and i and you always use wisdom and and you don't go open that back that gate because you see the song beware of dog this sign says beware of dogs and we go through the house the first thing i'll say to you is watch where you sit that's part of what's behind the fence what else is behind the fence oh yeah now we've got some construction work that's unfinished the porch uh, had to be repaired, had to be rebuilt last year, and the scaffolding is still there. And my wife is, uh, she, she's played about every song there is in the book. If you look up on the hill, it's we have fences too. They're just not all the same color. Part of it's metal, part of it's wood. I've got the metal bought. I just haven't got it up. And then there's a trampoline that, that the grandkids use. And then there's the two dogs that bark while the trampoline is being used. I love home. There's no place like home. I've been from coast to coast, border to border, and there's not another bed that sleeps my, like my own. You see what's behind my fence this morning? I'm going to talk to you about what's behind your fence. We're all family, right? This is a family church. I hate religion, I, but I love, I love a family. And about, about almost half of our church family is probably here. We would have probably 275 on an, average, on an average Sunday if everybody showed up at the same time. However, sometimes it's work, sometimes it's other reasons, but, but uh, uh, we just don't all get here at the same time. I love my church. The first thing I think about my, my church is the fact that you have been so precious. You've allowed me to be a part of your life for 40 years. This is history. If you would check the records of pastoral length, they are probably less than five years on the average but it's been such an awesome privilege because my daddy was a preacher and I hated the ministry I grew up in somebody else's house and it was never our own and about the time I had made some good friends it was time for my dad to find another church where the roof was about to fall down because he was a builder and we'd move to this dilapidated place and my dad would start over in fact he moved us from uh, From a brand new house that he had built in Anadark, Oklahoma, to the first parsonage located in Fletcher, which was only seven miles from where I was born. I'll never forget the first day I walked in. The linoleum was way past replacing. In fact, in front of the open-faced stove, it was wore clear out, and you could see the pine flooring. It wasn't a subflooring. It was the flooring, the only floor that the house had. It only had two bedrooms the northeast bedroom I have a sister just five years older than me and then then there's two years difference between the three brothers younger than me which makes five of us my my parents said Ma, you can have this bedroom and we'll share the big bedroom with with Orville and Ronnie that was the only two of us that was here at this time and when I walked in that bedroom you could see daylight through the corner where somebody got too close to the corner boards and knocked it off and you could see you could put your hand through that corner I want you to picture this. This is where I first started to school. I started in 1947, and I'll never forget what I saw when I walked in the first parsonage. I'll never forget the dad who said yes to the Lord. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll be what you want me to be. And my dad moved our family out of that brand-new house into that house. The house in Anadarko had indoor plumbing. The house in Fletcher had the little house out on the out on the alley. I could tell you a lot about that house, but I'm not going to. I don't. I don't have the time to do it. I want to talk to us about, you about what's in our backyard. I hated the ministry. I, I don't mind telling you. I, I hated the ministry, and yet I knew in my heart, God, you better be talking to somebody else because I'm going to be just as stubborn as you are. I ain't going into the ministry. And I can see the Lord laughing today. He said, "Well, we'll just see about that." And the greatest fear is I, did, I never wanted my family to leave a nice home and have to move into somebody else's house that I had no control of. I never wanted to move from one place to the other, and, and, and my family have to learn to make new friends, and about the time they made new friends, it was time to move on. Can I tell you something? God knows how to work things out for our good. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he says, And we know that all things work out. For good to those that love the Lord, to all who are called according to His purpose. Listen to me. I'm not the only one called into the ministry. So are you. Everybody, somebody's watching you every step you make. And your life is speaking so loud that most of the time people don't hear what we say. You're preachers. You're ministering. You have, we all have different vocations. We all have different circles of people we deal with. But God has a calling on your life, and that's the reason you're here today. And, you know, as much as I love to get in a clean pickup and I like to drive in a parking lot and I don't like that white dust on my truck and I want the floorboards clean and, and my kids have a real difficult time with their vehicles because I've got a nose problem, now and then I'll open the door and look to see what's in the floor. Kids don't like that. If, if your kids aren't grown, let me just help you be a better friend to your kids when they get grown. Don't have a nose problem like I have. Moving on. Forty years Fifty-two years in the ministry, and we still are privileged to live in the house that my father-in-law helped us build in 1961, two years after Sherry and I be- became husband and wife. And we've had 52 years living on the place where her granddad homesteaded. And I guess the reason that I'm a Sooner today is because her granddad moved into the state— a few days before the state opened and he drove a stake and that stake happens to be right where we live so before you stone me let me tell you why i'm so mischievous i'm living on an illegal stake today that was placed there by somebody else but i've really enjoyed the place i'm enjoying life i'm enjoying what the lord does i what he's doing i love my church today and and the and the thing I want to share with you this morning in the next few moments is let's picture our lives as a backyard. A lot of us were honest. If we were honest, we'd say we like good fences. What we're comfortable with about our backyard is we show it to the people we're the closest to. And then those that we're not close to, we we are so good, even at Christians, is saying a uh, I'll put up a sign so that nobody will go in my backyard unless I'm not there. Oh, oh we, we don't believe in lying now. It's Christians now. Don't, don't get me wrong now. We don't believe in lying. But sometimes our dog looks like this. This is our backyard. But we wouldn't take anything for the sign because it's real. I know I've lost half of you, but the other half, you just keep smiling at me. I'm I'm going somewhere with this, and I, the thing I want to talk to you about this morning is is this. There's somebody that really likes you. There's somebody that likes your mannerisms. There's somebody that you're part of their life, and they uh they'd like to get to know you better. They they would like to maybe even come to church with you. They might even like to be, get involved on Wednesday night. They might even like to uh to come to your backyard and have a hamburger some evening and just really get acquainted and find out how it is to sit in your backyard one of the things that christians have to do is we have to admit who we are before god can really help us and i can tell you i'm nothing without jesus i didn't call myself to the ministry he called me and i tell you i told him you got your work cut out for me for you lord because i'm not much he said i specializing in using people that will admit they're not much one of the things that as a church family I want to ask you to do today is this. How, how is, is your life, how, how is your backyard? Are there some adjustments you could make so that you could maybe become friends with somebody that you're not friends with today? Maybe there's some things in your life that you'd like to really get involved with, but maybe somebody did something to you or somebody said something to somebody else and you got a hold of it, and so you buried that offense and you're offended today because of what, not what that person did to you but what they have did to somebody else you know uh, maybe it's because you're like me if you've got to push more and somebody else has got to riding a lot more maybe you run out of steam before you get to grass mowed uh, like it should be in the backyard maybe you didn't get it that edge maybe maybe there are just some things in in the yard that stink and we all have stinky things in our life I'll be the first to admit but the backyard is different it's okay. We can shut the gate. We can keep the sign up, and that's that. We and we can keep the front yard groomed, and we can say this is what it looks like. And as long as you pass by real fast, you won't see this song. This 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 sign. We used to have a better sign than this, and I don't know what happened to it. But it had a picture of the German Shepherd dog on it. And and there was a writing over his over his picture says, "I can make it to this gate in two seconds. How about you?" We took that we took that sign down mainly because Jonah moved out, and really that sign doesn't belong there. There's a song that says, "Beware of the dog," but that dog uh, will not touch you if we're there. He may act like he will. He, he has a good bark but he doesn't bite if we're there because he knows if we're there everything's going to work out for good there's three things i want to leave with you this morning uh, you may say where are you going with this message today I, I don't want you to see the good parts of my life i want you to see that i'm just like you my heart's been broken before and my dreams have been shattered before even in the ministry and and there are people that have divorced me, even when I've tried my best to be a pastor, and they've walked out and never came back. But I want to tell you something: it's my responsibility every every now and then, and quite often, to keep my backyard clean and pure. And I can only do that with the help of the Lord. When the burdens of life become so heavy, and many times my family has reminded me of this: you're, you're you're spending more time with your church family than than you are with our family. And, and I took some, some real teaching lessons that became more than ordinary talk as they have got the point across to me. And likewise, I had the same ability to raise my voice as they do. I wouldn't want you to think it has been lopsided. But the backyard is a private part of me. The only thing that I can say about the private part of me is Jesus walked into my life And he took the trashy part of my life, and he gave me a brand-new heart. And engulfed in that heart is the ability to love. I love people. I've got the stiff arm many times in the 52 years of ministry. But you know what? That's not a bad signal for me. I just energize this uh, this left arm, and I, I just go around and get me a left arm full. You say, well, you might not be too popular. I've only wore two black eyes, and it didn't come from the people I was hugging. I can't remember where they came from. Oh, come on, you, you can tell me. My greatest support is on the front pew. Sometimes when she does this, I know that uh, that I need to uh, make some adjustments. Sometimes when she does this, I know that I need to check to make sure my zipper. I mean, she 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 preaches messages that you never see. And, and when she when she does this, one time I was preaching and I was using an illustration, and once she, she did this, and it was eleven thirty, and I said, Would everybody please stand? Father God, as we dismiss this service this morning, I want to thank you for your goodness and mercy that's going to follow me all the way home. True story, it happened. You know, I, after all, man, you have to realize I don't. We were insane when we said I do. When they said, Do you take this lady to be your lawful wedded wife? And hold forever uh, for richer, for poorer, sickness and health, so long as you both shall live. And I think, what is so romantic about that? <laughs> Time moves on. You know, the most romantic thing is is uh, they haven't seen all of our backyards when they say I do, and neither have we seen theirs. Let's deal with the fences today. God isn't a fan of fences, okay? He doesn't mind us having a literal fence around the house and the home where we live. But as far as being, having a fence around our life, he wants each one of us to take, make a decision, I'm going to lay down the fence of my life. I'm just going to be the real me. I traveled with my my family for eight years. We had a Continental Trailway bus that had been converted, and we lived on that bus, and I traveled with two brothers and a brother-in-law for many years. And then one by one, they checked out on me. One went to to the Bible seminary. One went to Pastor in Oakwood. And the other brother was young and having a family. And he just checked out so he could travel on his own. And the motivating factor is the bus was in my name and it wasn't paid for. So the real me showed up. I went home. I sat down to keyboard. In 60 days, I started traveling with Sherry and our three children i'll never forget the day we made the last bus payment we sold the last we had we'd recorded three albums at that time we didn't know anything about even cassettes. that that was before the day but one of the first questions that the girls asked when we started traveling dad how are we supposed to act i said i'm glad you asked because i need you to know this just be who you are and if we ever get ever get invited back you won't have to try to think about how you acted And it was an awesome. It was an awesome. It was an awesome time. We enjoyed the girls. We enjoyed Todd traveling with us. We we all sang. We had a tremendous time. And every preacher would catch me at the back doors. We'd be standing at the record rack selling records, and they would say, "You're insane." (laughs) And I'd look to see where Sherry was to make sure she didn't hear that. And she said, to travel with two ugly brothers and a brother-in-law for eight years, and then you had this at home that could have been traveling with you all the time? You're insane. Well, what happened is uh, there was no fence. We were just white folks. And we had a lot of good times singing and meeting people. And we built relationships. And we still meet those relationships on the journey of life. It's awesome to go to a convention in another state and sit down and somebody recognizing tap you on his shoulder. And, and the most embarrassing question is this, do you remember me? And I have to say, your face rings a bell, <laughs> but I don't know your name. And they say, I was pastoring at a certain place when y'all stopped by. One pastor said, I'd always long to see a bus that could seat more than my audience and my, my church that I pastored. One day, your bus pulled up, and I walked the main street of my city the following day saying, Hooray, my prayers have been answered. Today is a, a day that I want to just ask you a question. If you intend to love our church the way that God wants you to, there's three things I want to leave with you, I've got about 10 minutes to do this. Uh, I'd like for you to think about this this morning, and then I want you to have something to go home and think about. I want you to know that the reason I'm here today is Jesus came my way, and he crashed the fence between me and a place called Calvary. And when he crashed the fence, he made a way where I can come boldly to the throne of grace, and I can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, there's no barriers in us getting to Jesus today because he died on the cross. He tore the fence down between humanity, and he invited us in. If you go back to the Old Testament and in, in the temple days, when you entered into the temple— there was only one way you could have your sins forgiven. And once a year, the, the priest would go into the holiest of holies, and he would get forgiveness of your sins. Only one time a year. I don't care. How, if you sin 364 days, you would never get forgiven until the priest went in. The holiest of holies was a very different place. There was a, there was a veil that separated the, the sanctuary. Inside that sanctuary, only the, the high priest was able to go. If we could picture him today, there was belt that was sewn to the hem of his garment as he went in, and there was a rope that was around one leg because if he walked in with any sin in his life, he died. And the only way to retrieve his body was they would pull him out of the holiest of holies with a rope because he had gone in unqualified. When Jesus died on the cross, something more happened when Jesus said, It is finished, and he drew his last breath. Not only was there an earthquake and many of the prophets that had died, the Bible says, rose from the grave, but inside of that sanctuary where that veil was hanging. And I I, I wish I'd have gone back through my notes and found out how thick the veil was. I think it was maybe 12, 12 inches or maybe 18 inches thick. But that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom the day that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. You say, why was that done that way? So you and I had the privilege of going into the holiest of holies 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because Jesus tore down his fence. He did that for me. He did that for people like you. And then there's a group of people that's at beyond the church doors this morning that don't realize the fence is down. And and the Bible says, whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. He's no respecter person, so that means he has no grandchildren. We're just all his kids. And he wants the echo of this building to say to be heard these words. I love my church because Jesus tore down the fence whereby we can say we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can find mercy in time of need and we can always know that he's a present help in time of need. Hebrews chapter 10 verifies this verses 19 through 22 in the NIV version. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, and by a new and living way, open for us through curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with a full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. The author knew what he was talking about because he knew that Jesus had paid the price. He paid the price for you and for me. And because Jesus is our high priest today and because he has Christ's defense, and because the veil that separated us from God's presence has been torn from top to bottom, we can confidently draw near to him every day. In our most troubled moment, in our day of our great challenge, we can say, God, I need your help. Lord, if you don't see me through today, I don't know whether I'll make it or not lord i just don't see any way out but you said you're the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father except by me and i realize the fence is down and he's saying come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden and i will give you rest let me tell you something we've all had a A giant fence. Remember Romans 3.23, we all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And sin was a wall between us and the cross of Calvary. But Jesus died on that tree so that the fence could come down. How about Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Yes, we've had a death sentence pronounced over our life because there was a fence between us and and the holiest of holies. But Jesus took down that fence because he knew the wages of sin was death, but the gift of God was eternal life. Well, oh, there's another fence. How about Romans five eight? God shows His love to us in while we were yet unlovable, He died for us. He tore the gate down in advance for us, so that He could prove that He loved us in our most unlovable moments. And how about this? He's not in the fence building today. Romans ten nine says when we confess with our mouth, with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we can be saved. What he's saying is, if you'll believe in, in your heart and confess with your mouth that I tore down the fence so you can get, come boldly to the throne of grace, I'll receive you. The Bible says that Jesus knows what it is to be rejected. He knows the heartbreak it is when people reject him. I've been rejected a few times in my life, and yes, it did hurt, and I could hardly wait till I got out of sight so I could cry my eyes out because I was rejected. But Jesus also knew the the power of rejection. And the Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. Jesus died on the cross for the religious people and the religious people nailed him to the tree. That's one reason why I'm not a religious person today. He came to his own. The Jewish people rejected him. But the Bible says as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And you and I as Gentiles have the privilege now of being a part of his family because the rejection of the Jew Opened the door, tore down the fence for you and for me. Next point I want to look to today. If you've never drawn near to God, it's your decision this morning. You can have as much of God in your life as you want. You can go to him 24-7. You can call him 24 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Some of my most awesome prayer times as I'm traveling down the highway just thanking God for his mercy and the strength and the courage. And I pray for my church family because I love you, and I want you to do good, and I want your kids to do good. And I, I never want your kids to take some pathways that's broken our heart, and I never want you to have to shed some tears like I've seen shed as I've stood at the head of caskets month after month Day after day for 52 years, I've heard it all. I've heard the cry that would curl your blood as parents stood by this ca- casket of a child that they had no idea they would be saying goodbye to. I've heard such confessions that I can't, it, sometimes I just look out the windshield of, of the pickup and I've said, God, I'm so glad I can come boldly to the throne of grace. I need your help today like I've never needed it before. And your mercy chases me down every day. And I just want to say thank you, Lord, for your goodness and for your mercy. Number two is the thought that I want to talk to you about the fence. I've got time I'm almost out of time. i want going to challenge our church this morning. And I know that this may seem immaterial to you because... Your fence is tore down. You prove that when you get on cold buses and vans on Wednesday night and you share your life where you could be looking into television or in the warm comfort of your home, but you share your life on the third Friday night and Thursday evening. You're getting ready for the rib dinner so they can undergirt the the expenses of our church so it can be everything that God's called us to be. But I want to talk to you this morning. God wants every one of us to allow some more people in our backyard. We come to this building, we sing songs, and sometimes we eat, we smile, and we say good morning. We do all we can from behind the fence. And you may be saying, well, I thought you said that Jesus broke down the fence. I did. He took care of the fence. And the fence that keeps us from Calvary is gone. But I'm going to show you the picture of the, of the church today. Patrick, could I bother you just a minute? You're a pilot, so I can pick on pilots. Come up here. You and I have got some things in common. I want to use you for just a moment. Would you Would you let me? This is, this is not even, even practice, but he pushes his fence off on me. Well, he, he flies for a meta flight, so <laughs> I'm a good hand. <laughs> I want you to stand right here. I love this guy. I, I did their wedding ceremony. Uh, how long ago has it been? Answer it correct. She's watching us. You better get on this side of the fence. She's coming. No, you just stay there. This is how most churches operate. Hi, buddy. How are you doing there? You're doing well. You're looking good. Boy, I'm really glad you came to this church. You really look good. You just inspired me. I was watching you this morning, and that. where would you find that nice-looking wife? You're not going to tell me? I... I, I, (laughs) Well, I, I found mine there too, Joe's Bar and Grill. <laughs> I know, that's all, that's all right. We don't tell, nothing leaves this office, does that's it, buddy? Right. That's right. Uh, Jerry, could you come here just a minute? I need to borrow you, you just a minute. A retired school teacher, he's much smarter than I am. But he married my wife's cousin, so we've got a lot in common. We've had a few board meetings as we've discussed marriage before. Most of it's been good women. How you done this morning, Jerry? Bless you. Boy, it's good to see you here today. I see Marilyn made it out with you. You guys have done good. You've lost part of your hair. It's not the color it was when I met you there 60 years ago, but you've had life pretty good. Let me turn you around. Can you just let me see your, I see some stab wounds, but you've, you've really done good. You've You've healed well. Yeah, you. I mean, it's just. I want you both to keep coming to this church. I tell you, I just, I just love to look back and see. You, and I, I even saw you drop in a check in the tithing offering. Boy, you're, you're welcome at this church. And I want you to remember, the Bible says, "Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together." You get that? All right. God bless you. I love you both. See you next Sunday. All right. We're not dismissed yet. We're going to talk about your fence. What I'm asking today is why are we so afraid of letting somebody else into our yard? Why don't we just come in grips with ourselves and realize that everybody has an unfinished part, unfinished part of our life? Our life will be under construction until Jesus calls us home. We're not the finished product. Don't ever point at your preacher and says, you know, that boy's got a long ways to go. I know that. I don't need any advertising. But you know what? I want everybody to realize that I have a backyard just like yours. And when we realize that, we can let down our guard and realize that Jesus died on the cross for all of us. And we don't need a fence between you and me. Some of the greatest moments of my life have been beyond the beyond the pool but this is the smallest part of my life is what you see here today but the greatest part of my life is somebody needing something and the phone ringing and saying could you come and help me oh i'm i'm so gifted i've helped people put in sewer lines (laughs) I've even got a sewer problem at my house today, and my wife is waiting patiently because I gave her a promise. When the service is over today, I'll I'll get the snake out. We'll make sure those that upstairs stool flushes. And she's left a mop just inside the the half bath in case that my promise fails. Fences. Fences are awesome. Yes, Jesus broke down the fence so we could come to the cross. But he's saying to our church today, take down your fence and trust somebody you've never trusted before and let them know that you're just like they are and we all need one another. Our church is like a community this morning. I love love the community. I love to be involved. I like to... I love to walk in the hospital. I love to, the only place I don't really love and yet I go there a lot of times is a funeral home. But I enjoy the company of an awesome community. And that's my third point this morning. When you decide to take down the fence and let people see the real you, enjoy their company. Imagine imagine being a kid and going to a birthday party where the host didn't plan anything there might be a bag of plain potato chips on the table and some wheat kool-aid but that's it no games no desserts no presents nothing that would be a boring party wouldn't it if you didn't get it your kids would they'd tell you and they might embarrass you they might just tell you in the presence of the one invited for you You would leave that place thinking, they didn't even try. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 4 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to have good works. Consider, to contemplate, to strategize. Think of the planning for a successful birthday party. Think for all the, the things that you know is going to make the kids happy, the whistles that they can blow that's going to drive you insane. Just Just plan on having a good time and being a kid with the kids. Do it intentionally and look what God will do in your life. Community is finding ways to encourage one another, to encourage people to love each other. And church is a place to, be taught how to overcome evil with good. That all comes beyond church programs programs, and sermons. It's seeing beyond the walls and the fences of our life and offer to help somebody else that we pass by who's painting their shed, and you know they could need some help. Or maybe to pull the weeds, or maybe to babysit the kids. It's maybe bringing meals in times of crisis like I know that's going on this week with calvin after he's had a major surgery maybe it's inviting somebody over to dinner it's teaming up with somebody we've never reached out to and helping each other to enjoy serving jesus i came this morning because i love jesus the second reason i came this morning is because i love people and you're an awesome group and the great part i have in closing is this I have healthy expectations. I know in the days ahead, I know in the days ahead, pews are going to become fuller because of you. Not because I'm the best preacher, because we decided to take our fence down and let the community see who really lives behind the fence. We're going to be kind to people that we've never really noticed, and we're going to enjoy. Uh, encouraging them or opening the door and holding it for them when they walk through the door and can i say this and i promise i'm closing realize that taking baby steps is okay you don't have to learn you don't have to step out and take giant steps living without fences doesn't mean you're not going to let that it doesn't mean that you have to let everybody into your backyard You don't have to say yes to everybody and open your heart's door to everybody. (coughs) Excuse me. But I can say this. You'll be blessed beyond measure. You'll take some ownership home with you when you allow people to realize that God is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. If he tore down the fence so you and I could have eternal life, he wants you to know he'll give you the power to tear down your fence too. Would you bow for prayer? Before we pray, <clears throat> let me ask this question. And I only want you to answer it in, a, in an honest way. But I'm going to ask this question today. As I look at the building, I know, know nearly everybody here by the first name. And I know that I, I think everybody here is a, is a believer. Let me ask this question before Jared comes to close the service today. How many would say, in an honest manner, I like this church. I really like this church. They have a nursery. They have a kids program. They have an awesome youth pastor. He's also the pastor's associate. He's like the pastor's son. I like everything. But from this day forward, I'm going to ask God to help me take down The fence that I built. I know some people that aren't as fortunate as I am that they don't have any place to go, but I know this church will take them in. I don't care if they've got holes in their pants or they're coming a t shirt with tattoos from their neck down. I know a church that's going to love them not because of how they look or what they wear, but they're going to invite them to be a part of a church that knows that Jesus took down the fence. So that he could be our best friend, and with God's help, we're going to take our fence down, and we're going to start including other people in our lives that we've never included before, with healthy expectation that some way somehow they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If that's you, would you raise your hand just a moment? I want to see who God's speaking to this morning. Hands are going up across this building today. Others are coming up. Yes, yes, yes. God sees those hands. Would you stand today? What an awesome time! Listen to you, I don't, I don't stand to try to preach a good sermon. I, I ask God, God, would you give me words today that would penetrate the heart and life of every individual so that we could realize that you're good, you're stronghold in the day of trouble, and we're your kids and you're trying to help us do a better job at what we're doing. And God is doing that. And my healthy expectation is that you'll have the trust in the Lord, that he'll help you do what he's called us to do. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity you've given us today. On this beautiful Lord's Day, and I thank you for the awesome uh, sweetheart banquet we'll have at 530. And, uh, and the people have worked so hard to make this possible. Lord, I have great expectation tonight and tomorrow and the days ahead. And when this young man comes home from prison, Lord, I have healthy expectations. He'll be welcome with open arms. Lord, I just pray today, I praise you, Lord, today for the goodness of God and your mercy. And may we continue the journey with joy in our heart and with peace in our spirit today that continues to challenge us as we serve a great big God for all these things. We give praise to you in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, put your hands together and let's welcome Jared as he closes the service this morning. God bless you, Jared.
1: How many of you remember the sitcom back in the 90s, Home Improvement? with Tim the Toolman Taylor and that's one of my favorite TV shows of all time love it, the fact that we got a lot of the this, this seasons on DVD at home Kevin, go ahead and flash that picture up there of, of them if you remember the, the sitcom the guy on the other side, remember his name? Wilson, what was his first name? Wilson, what was his last name? Wilson, yeah, Wilson Wilson thanks mom and dad Right? And Tim, whenever he was having issues in life, he'd always go out to the backyard and he'd look over the fence and there'd be Wilson Wilson. And Wilson Wilson, throughout this whole sitcom, that's about all you saw of him. Anytime they showed any picture of him, he was hiding behind something. But Tim would go over and he would talk to Wilson Wilson and he'd get wisdom. I found one thing. I found there's wisdom on the other side of the fence. Come on, somebody. There's wisdom on their side of the fence. I don't have to live my life like the Lone Ranger. There's a Tonto. There's someone else on their side of the fence that can help me through life. And I don't have to go through life alone. I've got my wife, I've got my kids. But there's sometimes you need more. You need more. You need a community. You need your own Wilson Wilsons in your life. And so I want to challenge you look on their side of the fence. Look on the other side of the fence this morning. Whatever it is you need, I promise you, God can use people in this place to meet that need in your life. Amen? And that is the true home improvement. Bow your heads with me. Father, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your word today. God, thank you for uh, the, the, the challenge that's been laid before us. And God, thank you for the response of the challenge. Father, I pray that we'll just continue to to let our fence down. God, some may just let it come crashing down and some may just remove it point by point. That's okay. What pastor said, baby steps are okay. And so, Father, I pray this morning that as we begin to grow in community with one another, God, it's not just about coming and serving together. Although that's awesome and amazing. And it's not about just coming and worshiping together. Although that's awesome and amazing. And it's not just about coming and attending service together. Although that's awesome and amazing. God, it's about sharing our life with one another. Now, letting someone in. Letting someone in the backyard. Letting them see our hurts, our pains, our wounds, our struggles, our fears. Our hopes, our joys. Our life and our love. So Father, I pray today that every fence in this place would come down so that we can live in true community with you and with one another. And we ask this today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen.